I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. friends. It's Meg Dahl, your host, and welcome back to the show. This week's episode of the Unbreakable You podcast is going to be a little bit different, just like this intro. I feel like I started this podcast episode differently than I usually do, but we're just going to go with it. I guess that's what happens when you start a new chapter of your life. So I'll just catch you all up on the weekend. So my birthday actually was on the same day as Father's Day this year. So it's always fun to share my birthday with a day that honors my dad as well. So that was fun. But as I said, this week's podcast episode is going to be a little bit different. I wanted to do something fun and just something to celebrate my 30th birthday. It kind of feels like a big deal birthday. And I mean, I am the type of person that makes a big deal out of her birthday regardless of the number. (laughs) So I tend to do something a little special on my birthday episodes anyways. So this year, seeing as how I am starting a brand new decade of life, I thought it would be fun to see what you all wanted to hear me talk about. And I sent out an email and asked you all on Instagram what you wanted this 30th birthday episode to be about. And here's what I've gathered. So I've had some suggestions to share my wisdom from the past 30 years, favorite memories from my 20s, things that I wish I knew throughout my 20s, um, things that I would tell myself throughout my 20s or even previous years, and what I plan to do differently in my 30s, things that I'm looking forward to in my 30s, and what I have just learned from my 20s overall. So I really love all of these suggestions that you brought to me. So thank you to everyone who responded to my emails and also sent me messages over on Instagram. I really appreciated just hearing what you all wanted to hear in this episode. So typically, um, if you're not new to my podcast, you'll know that nothing is ever really scripted. When I sit down with one of my guests who normally joins me on the show, you know, most of the podcast episodes here, I do have a guest with me and all of those are unscripted. I never send any of my guests questions prior to. I never have anything really written down because I really just love having a real, genuine, organic 
conversation that just kind of blossoms and happens in the moment. And also when I do my solo episodes, I might have a few little bullet points that I want to touch on here and there, but nothing is ever scripted ever. So that's what you're getting today. I just have a couple of bullet points written down next to what you want me to talk about today. So why don't we just dive in? I think a good place to start would be reflecting on my 20s and just everything that happened throughout my 20s. But before I actually do that, I do want to share some kind of cool things that happened to me over the past couple of days and some thoughts that have been coming up for me as I've been reflecting and kind of preparing really for this new decade and just preparing to enter my 30s. Now, it might seem like I'm making a really big deal about starting my 30s, but I feel like if you're not really there yet, if you're not 29 yet and entering your 30s, you might understand where I'm coming from once you get to that place in your life. And if you're already in your 30s, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. It kind of does feel like a really big deal. But as I said before, I always kind of make a big deal about my birthday, not in the sense of throw me this like lavish party and give me all the presents. That's not my style. But honestly, I around the time of my birthday, I always set a really like significant portion of time aside so I can be reflecting and really setting intentions moving forward and honestly most of that time is also spent just celebrating everything that has happened that past year that I'm leaving behind but this year it felt like I was spending time celebrating a whole decade behind me so here's what was coming up for me as I kind of was preparing to enter my 30s some realizations I realized that this is a really significant year for the most part because this is the first year of my life that I'm entering. So like when I was 10 and 20, I'm kind of looking at those decades, not when I was first coming into the world. But um, this is the first decade of my life that I am entering into free of an eating disorder. So I was spending a lot of time celebrating that aspect of my life right now, but also celebrating myself throughout my 20s because if it wasn't for All of the work that I did throughout my 20s, I would never be where I am today, entering my 30s with complete freedom of an eating disorder that first entered my life and became this battle of mine when I was 10 years old. So I'm just going to talk about that for a little bit in case you're new here, in case you don't really know my story. Um, When I was 10, I was diagnosed with my first eating disorder. I had anorexia and 
that was kind of how I kicked off that decade of my life, which is really crazy to think about it now as someone who is 30 years old, because I do know 10 year old girls. I know how young they are. And it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that I had an eating disorder at that age, but that is the case. So that is how I started that decade of my life. Luckily, I was able to recover from that eating disorder and was basically free from an eating disorder for about like four-ish years until I relapsed when I was 15. So when I was 15, definitely more like independent and on my own. And I mean, when you're 15, you're still relying on your parents. Obviously, I still lived with my parents. I was going to high school, but you know, you have your license and you go out with friends a little bit more. I was definitely more independent than a 10 year old girl. So I feel like that eating disorder when I relapsed into anorexia when I was 15, it latched on or I latched onto it harder. One of the two, right? I was more tangled up in it for sure. So I dealt with that eating disorder for many years until everyone kind of felt like I was good enough in my recovery to move away to university. So this happened before I entered my 20s. I was pretty much recovered from anorexia didn't have my period back. So my body wasn't recovered yet, but I was like mentally recovered in the sense that I was eating food and I no longer had fear foods, that sort of thing. Like I was definitely capable to move away from home 30 plus hours away and live on my own and go to university. Now, my first year of university, again, this was before I entered my 20s, but it went great. But slowly that anorexia eating disorder morphed into something that I've talked a lot about on the show before. It morphed into orthorexia. And I feel like orthorexia is a really tricky eating disorder to catch early on because so many of the behaviors are really kind of acceptable by society. So that orthorexia that I was struggling with kind of went undetected or flew under the radar for a while until I realized that, wow, I am dealing with this other eating disorder I have a problem again. And that was when I entered my 20s. <laughs> so as you can see, those two decades of my life, I began with tangled up in an eating disorder, essentially. And I just want to put this out there that I'm just so incredibly grateful to be past that point in my life or recovered from those battles that I used to deal with so intensely. And like I said before, if it wasn't for 
all of the work that I did throughout my 20s, specifically like the last half of my 20s, I would not be where I am today. So I'm just going to throw this out there. If you are currently going through recovery and it feels really hard right now, I can promise you that, you know, eating disorder recovery, it does take a long time. If you look at my history, it took me a really long time to leave those demons behind and really overcome a lot of the trauma and pain and old beliefs that I was holding on to. But as someone who is 30 now, who has done all of that work over the past 10 years plus, I am celebrating myself for sticking with it. So if you are having a really hard time sticking with recovery, thinking, is this all worth it in the end? I can promise you that I don't know of anyone who has made it to the other side that is not celebrating themselves and that is not grateful for all the work that they put in. I have never met anyone who has regretted recovery before. So just wanted to share some reflections with you before we get into more of the fun stuff. So why don't we start with some favorite memories of my 20s? It's kind of crazy because here's the thing about time, right? I'm kind of like, I can't believe I'm 30. Like, that's crazy. How how are my 20s over? But when I actually went back, all the way back to when I turned 20, I couldn't believe all that has happened within the past 10 years and how long ago it feels. It's crazy. I mean, wherever you are in your life right now, whether you're 20 or 25 or 28, think to 10 years ago and all that has happened within those 10 years. So that's kind of how I'm feeling now. Kind of that mixture of I can't believe I'm 30, but also holy crap, how did all of that stuff happen throughout my 20s and that was like only 10 years that all of that stuff is sandwiched into (laughs) because I basically moved to London, Ontario. So as I mentioned before, that's about like 30 plus hours away from where I grew up and my parents were living. So 30 plus hours away from my hometown, little old me moved to London, Ontario, didn't know a single soul. But I was excited. I was excited to start studying dietetics and become a registered dietitian. That was my plan because throughout eating disorder recovery, I had an amazing dietitian who I worked with very closely and I felt she helped me so much throughout my recovery and I really just wanted to be that person for someone else, another girl, another teen, or another woman going through eating disorder recovery. So I moved away to London, Ontario. I studied dietetics. And honestly, 
I say this often to like close friends of mine that I'm having chats with, but I will never understand the people who want to go back to high school. You know, I've, I know a few people that loved high school and they would go back to high school in a heartbeat. And I'm like, oh my gosh, high school was easily the worst years of my life. <laughs> I, You could not pay me to relive my high school days, but I truthfully would go back to university in a heartbeat. Now, I did say I was dealing with orthorexia in my early 20s, so that was right around the time when I was going through university and studied studying dietetics and yes that time of my life would be so much more enjoyable and easier honestly if I wasn't struggling with an eating disorder I mean I talk about this on the podcast all the time but when our brains our our bodies when we are malnourished because of an eating disorder we are not able to think clearly think straight and I just kind of think like oh my gosh imagine if I didn't have an eating disorder while going through university I would have just had so much more brain power to put towards my studies because I was constantly thinking about food and my workouts all the time and how long I was sitting in class and how much I needed to like work out after class and my mind just was in a totally different place rather than where I would have liked it to be in hindsight So just reflecting back on my university years, those were hands down some of my favorite times in my life. I think just because I was able to meet real and true friends that I really felt connected to and I really felt understood me. And I mean, 10 years later, And I am still friends with several of the girls that I met in university. So if we're looking at my favorite memories and moments of my 20s, that is definitely part of them. Just all, I don't even think I have really a specific memory, but just overall my university years. If you want a specific memory, I don't have this written down right now, but I did mention the fact that I have some really awesome friends still as I enter my 30s that I met when I was going to university. And that's kind of unique to me because going to high school, I really don't have any super, super close friends. I have a couple friends that... I kind of stay in touch with from high school, but I have these really amazing friends from university that, you know, they're like my best friends. So anyways, I'll share kind of one of my favorite memories from meeting one of those friends. So of course, I was at the gym because I was always at the gym back in my early 20s. 
and I was working out, lifting some weights, and this girl that worked at the gym behind the desk asked me if I was Meg. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. But at this time, you should know, I had a blog. And so everyone knew me as Meg already, like online, if you were in the blogging world. And this girl told me she read my blog and she thought it was me, but she just wanted to make sure. So that was honestly kind of the start of our friendship. I knew this girl read my blog and she knew I went to the gym she worked at. And then a couple weeks later, she brought a little puppy that actually looks a lot like Penny, just like this tiny little white puppy. She brought it to the gym and this was her new puppy named Lily. So I, of course, got super excited. My dog had just passed away. Unfortunately, we had to put my childhood dog down that last summer that I was home. And I was so excited because this girl that I just kind of connected with a week or two ago brought this extremely cute puppy into the gym and she was actually looking for someone to puppy sit it while she was at work. So of course I'm this university student, no job, and just kind of I go from the gym to my apartment multiple times a week. So if I'm not at the gym, I'm kind of usually, well, I guess at school or at my apartment. So I offer to watch her puppy and her and I just hit it off. Not me and the puppy, me and my friend. And it turns out she studied dietetics. So she was a bit older than me And she had already gone through the program that I was going through. So we just made a really awesome friendship right there. And we're still friends to this day. Every single time I go to London to visit my friends, I always stay with this friend of mine. And talking about more favorite memories of my 20s. Obviously, one of my favorite memories is getting Penny. So I don't think many people realize this, but I actually, so I live in a really tiny city called Yorkton, Saskatchewan. So it's kind of like the middle of Canada. And that's another thing. Before people know that I live in Canada. A lot of you actually think I live in the States, but indeed I do kind of live in the middle of Canada. So I actually flew to London, Ontario to go pick up Penny because she was born where I actually went to university. So I flew there, stayed with this friend, the friend that I met at the gym with the little puppy Lily. So I stayed with her And her and I drove out to this farm and we got Penny. So this kind of like came full circle because her and I met each other through her dog, essentially. And then I stayed with her when I went and picked up Penny. So that's a great memory. And honestly, just the whole first week, I mean, my whole life with Penny ever since getting her, she's four years old now. We just celebrated our four-year anniversary back in May. But honestly, my life has just been 
absolutely incredible ever since getting my little precious Penny and becoming her mom. But I think when your puppy is just so small and you're kind of getting to know each other and they kind of feel like a newborn baby in a way. I remember getting Penny and she would wake up multiple times during the night having to pee or, you know, just being taken care of. And I literally felt like I was a newborn mom and I loved every second of it. Typically, like now, I'm really protective of my sleep. Like, talk to Scott. I'm really protected and protective of my sleep. I just feel like an absolute monster if I have a disrupted sleep. So anyways, all of that kind of went out of the window when I got Penny and felt like I was this newborn mom. And it was just lovely. I woke up multiple times during the night and took care of her, took her out for a pee. Oh, man. I love that time. I was so tired and I loved it. I loved it so much. So that was fun. Um, Still talking about my 20s. It's here's another thing that kind of boggles my mind is kind of the romantic relationships that I've had throughout this time. So Looking back, I've really only had kind of like three serious relationships in my life and they all kind of like took place within that decade, which is crazy. I mean, one of them started before that, but then it ended in my 20s and then the other one took place early 20s and then ended and I've been with Scott for the last six years. So that's what I mean when I'm reflecting back on my 20s and know that my life with Scott or like my relationship with Scott has taken up six of those 10 years. I'm like, holy crap, a lot was packed into those four years without him. Um, I was in this relationship in London, Ontario, we moved back to Saskatchewan. We got engaged and we were engaged for a while. We called off, like we ended the engagement. And so that was a really, really significant time of my life. And it all kind of happened right before I met Scott because him and I kind of knew each other prior to that all going down. But I mean, that's a big thing to happen. And I just can't believe that all of that happened within the past 10 years. It's just kind of mind blowing, essentially. So I do want to kind of start wrapping up some of my favorite memories from my 20s. But something that kept coming up for me too was just traveling. I traveled a lot throughout my 20s. I even lived with one of my best friends in Washington, D.C. for a month. And that always comes to mind whenever I kind of think of my favorite times in my life. Um, Travel is always in there. So I'm so excited 
for the moment that I can start traveling again. I know I was obviously spending time with my family this weekend because it was my birthday and Father's Day and something my dad and I were talking a lot about was making plans to travel a little bit. So we have a wedding um, this summer, which I'm excited for because this is crazy. I know we've all been experiencing a pandemic, but I also know that Even within the pandemic, people have been able to kind of like venture out of their city and maybe go to a different city, you know, the nearby city or whatever. I have not left the city that I live in since March 2020. And again, I know that's the reality for a lot of people, but early July, we have a wedding that's a few hours away and I'm really excited to leave the city for the weekend. That really excites me. So just looking forward to traveling again, I mean, in my 20s, I think that would have been the first time my parents and I traveled to Barbados. So we have gone to Barbados now for like seven or eight years, I think, in a row. So these past two years, we haven't been able to go. So that's what my dad and I were talking about this weekend, just kind of wanting to make plans to go in 2022, just to make sure it actually happens. So of course, travel is always something that comes up for me whenever I think of my favorite memories throughout the past 10 years. And then, of course, to wrap up this reflection on my 20s and my favorite memories, hands down, probably my favorite memory ever. And I'm not even just saying this, but honestly, getting my period back. It was just like the tippity top. I'm so proud of myself for doing all that work and getting it back. Because if you're new here, I had not had my period since I was 15 years old. So that was a real big deal. And that happened almost two years ago. And just like a little plug here, I love celebrating things, as you all know, so celebrating my 30th birthday with this podcast episode, and I have a few more celebrations that I'd like to do this summer. So in July, that's actually when I launched my program, Back Home to You, for the very first time. So Back Home to You is approaching its one-year birthday. And then in August, I'm celebrating my two-year anniversary of getting my period back, which is coming with a big, exciting announcement for all of you who are also working to get your period back. So just wanted to throw that out there for you. So why don't we maybe move on from favorite memories of my 20s to things that I learned from my 20s. Now, I've learned a lot of things. Trust me, I have. But when I was presented with this question, these were the first three things that came up for me 
and then we'll see if anything else comes up for me while I'm sharing this with you. But I just wanted to share these first three because they're significant and again, they just came up for me first. So number one is to trust my spleen. Now you might be thinking, what the hell, Meg? Trust your spleen, isn't it? Trust your gut. No. (laughs) So a few years ago, I was introduced to something called human design, which is something we talk about on the podcast several times already. And, you know, if you're not a stranger to the podcast, you'll also be very familiar with human design. But if this is something that you're hearing about for the first time, definitely like hop on my website and just search human design and all of the human design podcasts will pop up for you there and you can just binge all of them. But I learned throughout my 20s to trust my spleen. I learned a lot throughout my 20s from being introduced to human design, but specifically to trust my spleen, I think. So when I was in that relationship prior to meeting Scott that ended, I would always get these what I would call hits, these intuitive hits, these intuitive nudges, these intuitive whispers. I knew something wasn't right and I was getting these whispers that hey, this this relationship isn't for me. I need to move on from this. I need to do something. I need to end this. And I was always getting those intuitive whispers. It wasn't a gut feeling. I didn't have this gut feeling, this energy happening in my gut. I had these intuitive whispers, these really like gentle, wispy, whispers is all I can describe them as. They came and then they went. And the more I thought about them, the more and more I would convince myself out of these intuitive whispers. Oh Meg, you're just being crazy. Or just kind of talk myself out of them essentially. And then later on, I learned in my 20s that this was my spleen talking to me. And once I learned this, I was able to reflect back and see all of the many times in my life that my spleen had been talking to me. Okay, so like so many times and so many times I heard my spleen talking to me but I would just write it off I would talk over it and that's kind of how I imagine having like spleen authority so we'll go we'll rewind a little bit so we are talking about human design here if you hop onto mybodygraph.com or geneticmatrix.com and plug in your human design info which is like your birth date and time and location it'll spit out your human design type including your authority type now my authority type is my spleen now some people will have sacral authority for an example and that is really where that gut feeling comes into play 
I don't have that because I'm splenic authority. I get these little like wispy whispers that are kind of subtle, but I hear them and I either have the choice to listen to them and allow them to guide me or if we're kind of conditioned to do this, we talk over those splenic hits or that splenic intuition. We talk over it and we kind of start to convince ourselves otherwise, right? We talk ourselves out of what it's saying to do. And I did that a lot throughout my life. There's been a lot of times where I start something and it just starts to feel not right anymore and I know it's something that I need to let go of but then I talk myself out of that and I keep pushing and pushing and pushing and then eventually it leaves my life because it wasn't meant to be and that really comes down to my spleen knowing it's time to let something go And being okay with starting something and then knowing it's time to let it go throughout my 20s, that's what I've learned, especially these later years of my 20s, is that when I have that intuitive whisper or that intuitive message that, hey, this isn't for me anymore or whatever my spleen has to say to me, that is something that I am getting much better at is listening to the spleen and not talking over it and convincing myself otherwise. The other lesson I wanted to share with you is that everything is happening right on time. And I think this can apply to all of us, no matter if you're celebrating a birthday or, you know, reflecting on the past 10 decades. But I think a lot of us can get caught up in a timeline of our life. And if you look at me, I'm 30. I'm dating this great guy. We've been together for six years. We're not married yet. I don't have kids, right? There's a lot of things that if I was to create this timeline for my life, that which I did in my early 20s, right? I created this timeline for my life. By this age, I want to be married. By this age, I want to have kids. And I guess the lesson there is just don't create a timeline for your life because everything is happening right on time. I remember always saying, I don't want to be 30 and not married yet. And like, who cares? What is that number? And why is there such like a timeline on that number, right? So super weird that we even create timelines, but that's just like another thing that's placed on us from other people. And then it gets in our minds that we need to accomplish X, Y, Z by these certain ages, right? So if you're living by a timeline right now or feeling like disgruntled or heavy in your life because you're not satisfying that timeline, you're not checking off those boxes of that timeline. I want you to let I want to let you know that that's actually one of my biggest lessons from my 20s is the fact that life doesn't have a timeline and everything is happening for us at the exact time it needs to be happening. 
And then I would say that the biggest lesson of my 20s is the fact that I finally learned to love myself truly. And I'm just going to plug back home to you right now. Um, But that is exactly why I created my back home to you coaching program. Because of all of this work that I've done throughout my 20s, this time last year, I knew that I needed to compile all of it and create a program for women who are really struggling with old beliefs, old misunderstandings, their mindset, their relationship with their body, their relationship with food, and just old traumas. I wanted to help women because I did that for myself. So I created my Back Home to You coaching program because I learned how to love myself throughout my 20s. So I created a program to teach you how to do that as well. So hands down, one of my biggest takeaways and lessons from my 20s, how to love myself. But I think one of my biggest accomplishments, you know, aside from overcoming an eating disorder that had literally like ruled my life for so many years and aside from getting my period back and finally also getting my body recovered is the fact that I created that program and I've been helping so many women inside back home to you. I'm just really grateful and proud of myself too for putting that program together. So those were the lessons that I had written down. And I know this podcast episode is already getting kind of to the end of it, but I did want to make sure I answered one last question. And that is, what are you looking forward to in your 30s? So one of the goals on my list for the next 10 years, so this new decade, I would really love to buy a house. I'm ready for that part of my life. So we're working on that and just kind of waiting for our perfect house to kind of emerge and be for sale, essentially. So that's definitely something that I have my eyes on. I would love to get married too, but again, no timeline, but I would love for that to happen. Um, I'm just kind of like any other girl who has dreamt of her wedding since she was like three years old. So that's definitely something I would love to see happen within the next 10 years. And I would love to travel more. As I mentioned before, I'm definitely feeling a little like stuck in this city right now. And I am so excited to travel. My best friend and I were actually just talking yesterday and she is trying to plan a trip from Ontario to come visit me here. She's never been here before. So that would be so nice if she can make it here this summer, but I'm definitely excited to go places too. I've never been to Europe. I would love to do that. I would also love to take my parents on a trip somewhere of their choosing 
take Scott on a trip somewhere. So just some more traveling. Honestly, as I mentioned before, whenever I reflect back on my favorite memories of the year or the past decade, travel always comes up. So that is going to absolutely be high priority on my list this coming decade, including Barbados, of course. I miss it there so much. I just miss like laying around in the water all day. I miss it there so much. And then here's another thing. So as I mentioned before, I'm 30 years old. I don't have kids. (laughs) Um, And I also said that there is no timeline, but that is my kind of like self-imposed timeline. I just wasn't ready for kids up until now. And I'm still not, just to be clear. I'm just not ready. Um, But I follow Mandy Moore very closely. Like, I love Mandy Moore. I've always been this huge Mandy Moore fan. And she just had her baby and she's 36. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll give myself another like five or six years and then I'll reevaluate. And as I mentioned before, just doing all of this reflecting, it's so crazy how much happens in 10 years and how many things change in 10 years, let alone like five years. So I feel like giving myself five years and then kind of like reevaluating things and seeing how I feel um, because it's so weird. Like I grew up wanting kids so bad. I was like always playing house. I had dolls all over the place. I just wanted to be a mom, but I was like five years old. Um, And now that I'm actually at that place in my life where that can actually happen, I'm like, "Uh, not yet. So that's something that I will definitely come back to in about five years and see where I'm at. (laughs) But other than that, I just am so happy with where I am in my life right now. I'm really grateful for, like I said, everything that I accomplished within the past 10 years, especially all of the hard work that I've put into eating disorder recovery so I can be experiencing my 30th year eating disorder free. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this 30th birthday episode. I just kind of shared my heart with you and everything that was on my mind, no filter, and I will see you all again next week. Thank you so much for being here as always. If you're listening to the show and you love it, just a reminder to take a screenshot, post it to Instagram, and tag me so I can thank you over on the gram. Thank you so much. I love you, and I'll see you next week.